1: plushcare.com slash
3: hello everyone and welcome to the bubbling adventure a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society I am your host Julie and each Thursday we are having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. In today's episode, Megan Barella, who went from being a child abuse survivor to parenting coach, gives us loads of great advice on how to deal with power struggles or with high-stress parenting how to stop yelling at your kids and what to do instead, how to improve your relationship with your child and set consistent, loving boundaries for your family. She explains what happens when we don't have an optimal parenting experience ourselves and how to step into leadership as a parent without fear and without forcing. As always, thank you so much for listening. I can see that many of you listen to this podcast without being subscribed. So come along, it will be fun. And there's a new episode every Thursday. It helps more than you know. You can also write a review if you're listening from Apple podcasts and Spotify has a new feature where you can also leave five stars. It literally takes two seconds, but it would make me super happy and be very helpful. But without further ado, let's begin.
2: Papa,
3: papa en faisant cette chanson.
0: papa, papa.
3: Hi Megan, how are you today? Good
2: Julie, how are you? Thanks for having me on.
3: No, thank you so much for joining this episode. Obviously, we've been talking about doing it for a while, and I'm glad that our schedules are finally
2: <laughs> working together. It's pretty amazing to be on different parts of the world and to connect.
3: For sure. Thank you so, so much. Um, would you be able to introduce yourself to the audience?
2: Yes. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Megan Barella, and I'm a positive parenting coach and certified positive discipline parent educator i have a 13 year old son and a background in teaching and the last decade i've been working to empower parents Um, that's a little bit about my professional background personally what makes um, my happy home parenting approach unique is that i do have experience with high stress parenting and also I'm a child abuse survivor. So my approach is very unique because it's grounded in well what happens when we don't have optimal parenting experience ourselves? And then how do we still show up for our children and for ourselves in a really healthy and uplifting way? So yeah, that's a little bit about me, Julie.
3: Wow, that's I mean I guess it helps you that you've been there, right? So you know exactly how it affects and you can maybe recognize some patterns or situations. Right.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, for those of us who have experienced, and most of us on on some degree, on some spectrum, have negative experiences from our childhood, whether it's with our parents, caregivers, or in the educational system and through schools. And so... Mm -hmm when we have those negative experiences at such a young age we often just develop coping mechanisms in order to get through those times and that was necessary for our survival and really connected to our resiliency as young people but then often as adults like for me it might look like control tendencies or perfectionism or getting into Mm -hmm you know, a martyrdom in relationships. So really looking at that unique relationship between our childhood experience, how it shaped us, and then what's most important and what I find missing from a lot of both trauma-informed and um, parenting approaches is that there is such strength there that our negative experiences, they usually impact us right where our life gifts are so that's been most rewarding to me is to help parents really reclaim those authentic gifts they had that may have been mm, like warped a little bit from from life experiences and then the other part that I find so fascinating Julie is that usually our children's misbehavior is showing us how what our needs are and what our children need from us in those times is usually what we need and it usually really impacts us it gets our children's misbehavior gets to that core of where our wounding is from our childhood and how we can reclaim our gifts and strengths and then meet our children's needs so that's the kind of work that I get really excited about I mean that is
3: very exciting for sure And so I guess maybe something that could be interesting is because obviously you you mentioned you're a child abuse survivor. When did you sort of find out that there was, you know, a better way or that you could make a difference for others? Like, did it come quite early in your life or did it come later? How did you make the
2: decision to choose that field? Yeah, well, um, my background... Is in education. And I come from a family of teachers and librarians. And so I've always, even young, like I started off, you know, middle school and high school, like with internships with kids. And so working with kids has always been part of my life calling and my life mission. After my son was born, I really feel like he was about 18 months old, and I really feel like I heard his little baby spirit whisper in my ear if you really want to serve children, you'll help their parents. And then my sister was like, why don't you get certified in positive discipline? So it was really through becoming a mom myself that, that I switched from working in education with kids to the providing professional development for what I think is the greatest educational experience on the planet, becoming a parent. So it was really after my son was born that I made that switch. And then um, when he was little, things were great. I had a lot of community support. And then I went through a time of upheaval in my own life where I separated from his father. And both my parent, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, then my father, who was mentally ill and experienced drug addiction and who was sexually abusive, he died right after my mom's Mm. cancer diagnosis, like literally almost the same week. And then my mom ended up dying about nine months later. So during that time, Mm. it was extremely high stress. And a lot of my coping mechanisms from my how i survived in my childhood living in in a home with abuse all of that all those heavy emotions were really activated Mm -hmm. and then i went from this place feeling like oh my gosh like i've got everything figured out as a parent to now i'm yelling at my son and my son is becoming angry and aggressive and i'm responding with anger and aggression and i literally truly i forgot every parenting tool I ever knew. And I was like, how am I going to get myself out of this? Like, Mm -hmm. I can't even think straight right now. I don't know what to do with my kid's anger. He's hitting me. Um, And so I had to like really go deep and really ground into what was going to change the cycle for me. Um, As a child abuse survivor, there is like a lot of times I'm like, waiting for some, someone to come and save me, you know, like, why Mm. didn't anyone save me from my childhood experiences? And so I realized then with my son, he was like four or five, we were in this negative behavior cycle. I'm like, oh shoot, like, this is all on me. Like no one is going to save me. And Julie, it was really through that time that yes, I pulled in tools from positive discipline and conscious discipline But I really developed something very, very new how to deal with high stress parenting, how to get myself to a place of thriving from a place of really high stress as a parent. So I did it, Mm -hmm. I developed a whole approach, and then I turned it into my programs. And you know what, that's, I've served, I've had the honor of working with thousands of parents and early childhood educators, and it all came from that time of really high stress. And my programs, my, I can guarantee the, the happy home process, I can guarantee families results, you know, parents bring me their high stress, their negative family karma, the misbehavior cycles. And like we really create magic from that because it's grounded in what I needed to do to get, to save myself, you know? And then I've been able to really share it with other parents. So I, I truly love what I do. I say it's, it's the greatest gift on earth. And I do feel like I'm serving the upliftment of the next generation.
3: For sure, because obviously, like, this has an impact on on so many people after. It's, uh, I've been thinking as well, you know, for example, even my interest on conscious parenting was sparked by a simple YouTube video that I watched, I don't know, probably seven years ago. And through that, you know, it then impacted so many people after (laughs) so I, I think it's it's amazing to you know it's the same for you like you you help parents but they they they're gonna talk you know to their friends they're gonna inspire others their kids is gonna have a better life which is like in you know it has a massive positive effect it's it's incredible to see I'm curious to know what are the most common I guess reasons why parents come to see you
2: yeah you know as much as I do and I totally relate with that right it like all begins with the spark and usually the spark for parents is their kids either high emotions so a lot of emotional breakdowns anger aggression or power struggles. That's usually when parents find me that there is some urgency. Either the kid, the parents are really concerned about their kids' behavior. They don't know what to do. They don't like the cycles they're in with their kids or the parents very often are concerned about their own response to their children's behavior. You know, they're feeling angry as a parent. Um, they're fighting with their kids. So. That's usually when when parents find me and when they're at that place of like, I don't know what else to do. Now within that, I also I say that I work with conscious parents who are yelling and having power struggles with their children. All the parents <laughs> that I work with really strive to be the best that they can and seek out their own education, and they're also struggling.
3: hmm so can you please just explain, I think for everyone? what power struggles can look like
2: yeah so the top times that i usually see power struggles are anytime it's time for our children to move from point a to point b or to do something transitions are the most challenging parent-child interactive interaction for most families And so this can look like, okay, it's time to get ready for school. It's time to get out the door. It's time to get ready for bed. It's time to get off your screen. It's time to eat. It's time to brush your teeth. Um, It's time to get in the car when we're leaving the park. Anytime that transition from point A to point B, that's usually a causing factor that can result in a power struggle. And so with a power struggle, that's really the child's will going up the adult's will. And sometimes I'll have kids, because I'm also around a lot of different families in our community, and sometimes kids will tell me, oh, Megan, like, I got in a fight with my parent last night, and, you know, I'm like, what? You got in a fight with your parent? You know, like, just kind of juggling, like, how old's your parent? Is your parent 10 as well? And the reality (laughs) is, because I think, well, siblings fight, but when we're in that place, where we're fighting with our children, it's just important to have compassion for ourselves and to recognize that we're usually acting, we really are acting like that 10, 7, or 3-year-old. There's something that's being activated from our childhood experiences, Mm -hmm. often the same age as our children. And so our children's negative behavior is calling us to heal very often how our parents and caregivers showed up for us in whether they were using force. The thing about kids today, and it's really exciting, that children in this generation tend to be less motivated by fear. They know that all people are born having human rights, they believe in fairness.
4: Mm -hmm. And
2: they're not going to stand for a lot of the fear-based discipline models that we were raised with. The challenge comes up is, well, our children still need our leadership. They need routines. They need to have respect modeled and upheld for them. There are rules. There are family rules to follow. And so how do we really model and embody mutual respect to step into our leadership role as parents without fear, without forcing, without saying it's my way or the highway, without being too nice in the beginning. And then when our kids don't listen and we've repeated ourselves five times, then yelling. So those are all the different power struggle dynamics and realities
3: or just some of the realities that I help families with Hmm. yeah this is very interesting and very helpful I mean I have plenty of examples of of um, what you just said um, (laughs) that happened in the you know in this way not the conscious way so how for example like when we're trying to stop yelling I imagine that there's some things to put in place before so that it doesn't escalate is that correct
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. The first thing that I always help parents with is the stabilization. Stress is always the problem, not you and your children. You and your children are amazing people and life is really stressful. So yelling or any negative behavior, whether it's our own or our children's, at the root of that, there's always unmet basic needs. So that's the first, one of the first things that I help parents with is we really stabilize basic needs. When it's possible, I help parents meet the need to transform the behavior challenge. The reality mm-hmm. is some of us are parenting in situations with chronically high unmet basic needs. And if that's the case, then I help parents really lower expectations, set reasonable and responsive expectations for themselves and for their children based on what your family's reality is and what your stress levels are. So working with those basic needs is huge because that's the root of the behavior challenge It's just the high stress and the unmet basic needs, especially as parents are going on, you know, two years, over two years of parenting in the pandemic with such a high-stress parenting time, probably the most stressful in our lifetime.
3: Mm -hmm. We can hope that, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) So with positive parenting, I say that my programs are are positive parenting. And when you Google positive parenting or what the research says, it's this continual relationship of a parent and a child that is caring, teaching, leading, communicating, and providing for the needs of a child consistently and unconditionally. Now, while I love that definition, the work that I do is twofold. One, that respect piece is really important. It's very common when people let go of fear based discipline
4: mm-hmm. and
2: they switch to a conscious or positive parenting perspective that there's not enough boundaries, limits, and structure, and that the children, the parent becomes at first initially permissive. And I see a lot of parents that. I'm not working with, but they stay in this place of permissive parenting because they don't want to be fear-based or they start off way too permissive and then they feel like it's not working. So then they start, as I was talking about earlier, really yelling, right? And laying down the Mm -hmm. law. I help parents find that middle ground, developing what is each parent's unique, assertive presence because that response They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And then the second piece of that is we're asked in positive parenting to provide for our children's needs consistently and unconditionally to teach, to lead to have this positive communication and caring and nurturing. But a lot of us didn't have those needs met from our own parents. Mm -hmm. So in addition to stabilizing basic needs, I also help parents stabilize the inner support network within themselves. Because the way we're disciplined, right, it does become our inner voice. And so there's, I think, um, I forget who Peggy Oh, I forget her last name, had that quote maybe some of you are familiar with. But the piece that I help parents with is recognizing that our inner voice right now as a parent is rooted in the way that we were disciplined. And so what Mm -hmm. I help parents with is change their own inner voice, their own inner discipline. So it is positive, it's nurturing, it's caring, We're teaching and leading ourselves. We're meeting our own needs consistently and unconditionally. And when we can lock that into place for the parent, then guess what? We naturally know how to offer that to our children. The way that I explain it is if we had to teach our kids how to tie their shoes or ride a bike, but we didn't know how to do that, how would we, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to teach them. We teach our kids how to tie their shoes or ride a bike because we know how. So if those of us who came from childhood experiences where the parents didn't model unconditional love and consistently meeting needs, oh, we get to fill in that gap for ourselves now. So we can offer that to our children. And I'll definitely say that's some of the most rewarding work that I do.
4: Yes,
3: for sure. I mean it's so rewarding and and as we mentioned before you know that it's going to have a bigger impact on on so many people as well that's amazing and obviously the fact that also you've been there you've tested your own program so you you know how effective it is
2: (laughs) definitely exactly it's all rooted you know and then it was from my experience but then My programs are really co-created with my positive parenting community. I have the last 10 years, I've been trying everything out. And Mm -hmm. so parents, they sometimes on the spot, I've developed new tools for parents. Mm -hmm. They get to try things out. They get to contribute to the evolution of the happy home body of work and the happy home community. And so everything about what I do is really Practical. And as much as I'm about the parents' own embodiment and really the upliftment of the next generation, I'm also really practical. Parents, it's all about planning and having a plan. So I come in, we do the deep work, if you want to do there, the inner work of parenting, and then you're going to go home with a plan. Because tomorrow or right after we get off, you know, this, you're done listening, oh, you're going to have to help your kids with something. It's going to be time to transition, you know, so how can we help you show up in those moments where you feel confident, you feel connected to your inner gifts and strengths, you're having fun with your kids, you feel effective, you don't feel drained by behavior challenges. So it really, the inner work of parenting, the your unique embodiment, but also those practical plans and also Mm -hmm. how to use problem solving and generating solutions that's something that I help parents with a lot and I help teach you how to use problem solving with your children and how you can access solutions really from the wisdom of the next generation what your kids ideas are and that's super fun
3: Yeah, for sure. It's a collaborative work as well, because, I mean, it depends on the age of the kids, right? We're really modeling
2: that collaboration within our families.
3: Yeah. And I guess, I mean, it's the same everywhere, but when you're included in setting the rules, you tend to agree with them a bit more and then respect them. (laughs)
2: That's it. I always, I call it stakeholder buy-in, you know, like in the corporate, (laughs) in the boardroom, you're going to have your stakeholders there and get their buy-in. Well, we're leading, parenting is very much like being a CEO and we're leading a family team. And if your Mm -hmm. kids are generating the solutions for their own behavior challenges, then they're going to be that much more likely to cooperate. One of the things I see parents doing that we were raised with is thinking that parents have to know everything. Mm -hmm. We are telling our kids what to do, and then our kids are listening or they're not listening. Um, And that doesn't work for this generation, thankfully. What really works is learning how to lead by leaning back and letting your children lead. Because what does a great leader do? A great leader brings out the leadership in other people. And when you learn how to feel confident in your leadership and how to lead your children, oh, then you can really lean back a little bit. You can have raised children who feel really empowered and also who you're working together as the same team. So parenting's never gonna be perfect, but it can definitely become easier and more enjoyable.
3: For sure. Yeah, that's very interesting. One question I have for you is one that I get a lot, and it would be interesting to get your point of view on this one. Most of the time when we talk about conscious parenting, positive parenting, and so on, people imagine that then the kids are going to be allowed to do absolutely everything that they want. And, you know, people are scared that the kids will be not polite, for example, or not able to, you know, behave in a appropriate way for whatever the, the rules are where wherever you are. What would you say to to these parents, you know, or people who are afraid of this?
2: Well, I mean, it's a legitimate fear because we're in the information age. So you can Google conscious parenting, you can Google positive parenting, you can try and get this tool, you can try and you know put it into effect in your own, but really it's about the individualized support, how to lead. How to have consistent boundaries for Mm -hmm. your family in a way that's really loving, really kind, and also really clear, and that you're not afraid to be firm. You know how to be firm with kind and loving boundaries, and I think it's a very legitimate fear. I see Mm -hmm. it's another reason parents find me, and that's why it's so important to have a guide who knows what they're doing, who is able to help you meet your parenting goals because there's not a one size fits all approach. Mm -hmm. And what is important is to step into getting bigger and stronger in the positive. A lot of times as parents, we only get bigger when we're upset when we're feeling negative. I help parents unlock their positive presence so that you are setting these loving boundaries with what positive discipline calls do statements, what your child can do. And you're learning how to hold that as a boundary. You're learning how to set your parenting intentions and goals how to bring your family values alive translated into your children's behavior and you're learning how to uphold the positive of what you do want to see in your family positive behavior life skills development and character development in children and that is definitely the art form of positive parenting that we're just beginning to unlock today. Now, some of you may have, when you're listening, you may have grown up with parents or caregivers or teachers who really modeled that for you, who modeled that kindness and firmness, that embodiment of love and respect at the same time. But for most of us, we didn't have that modeling, right? Mm -hmm. We grew up with parents who were permissive, they were too strict, or they were passive aggressive. So again, it's very important to access that individualized support. Otherwise, we're just, we are too kind. We are too permissive. And that does a disservice to our children. So it is a very conscious parenting. Positive parenting does not mean permissive parenting. And Mm -hmm. yet, most parents need some individualized support to get there, so it's really, respectful parenting because to me that's the essence of conscious parenting gentle parenting positive parenting that love and respect embodiment
3: for sure and it also makes me think that it's good to include families as a whole so obviously the kids and and absolutely everyone in the family because what happens as well is that in some couples one of the two needs to be the bad cop because the other one is always the good cop. You see what I mean? So in this instance, then it's hard to be fun sometimes because you feel like you need that boundary, but it depends how, you know, the organization is done and sometimes it's not easy. So that's also definitely good to think of and, you know, like brainstorm and set some, I guess, some rules for both parents because obviously... it's it's like best case scenario two parents are involved in education you see what I mean
2: definitely it's so important and that's something I really help parents do when it is a two-parent home or co-parenting dynamics is to get on the same page Mm -hmm. it really is priceless at the same time what works for Mm -hmm. one parent isn't necessarily going to work for the other parent and it's really connected and each parent's unique strengths and gifts, and also whether the parent is like the nice parent or the mean parent, the strict or the pushover, a lot of times that is in response to our own childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we're on autopilot. Our parents used to get strict sometimes, so we get strict, or our parents were super strict, and we don't want to do that to our children. So in fact, we're going to the opposite end of the spectrum. In positive discipline, we call it kindness and firmness at the same time and kindness and firmness as a parenting style that our kids need both otherwise it is just that nice parent and the mean parent and guess what kids not because they're intentionally manipulative but just because they're children and they're going to figure out how to push those buttons to get what they want to um, you know
3: yeah like Mm -hmm. yeah push the boundaries that's
2: yep yep
3: yeah Yes, and so I, I imagine that it depends on why, you know, the reason why they come and see you, but how do the session work? Is there, for example, a, a number of session? I don't know, that works for most people or I don't yeah. know if you can give more color on that?
2: Yeah. Well, the first thing is I offer a ton of complimentary uh, positive parenting offerings, my happy home offerings throughout the year. So meganbrella.com, and you can register for my happy home week, which I offer three to four times a year. And so that way you're going to really get a sample of my approach and also see if I'm the guide for you. Um, It's really important that you, because what we're doing is The trust has to be there and that we can learn to grow together. Now within that, then I work with families in an eight week positive parenting journey. And so I have a group coaching mastermind that is just limited to seven families. And then I also have one on one coaching. Mm -hmm. I am different than say a therapist or someone who offers just one-off coaching sessions. I don't do that. This is a results guaranteed experience, the happy programs that I offer. And so I have a specific framework that is also individualized and customized to your family's reality that Mm -hmm. parents go through. The education component is huge. And so I have a little self-paced video curriculum. It's just like 15 minutes of video a week. Parents watch that. Then we either hop in our group coaching sessions or in your one-on-one sessions. And that's where the magic happens. And we bring the tools alive. Um, I love the Happy Home program because to me, it it really models what we want for our children. But there Mm -hmm. is a process. There is a framework. There is Within that, there's freedom within the form for how unique each of you and your children are. Um, And so, yeah, that's the way, it's an eight-week experience that I work with families.
3: Sounds great. And yeah, it's good that you can see results so soon as well. Um, It must be a relief for
2: a lot of families. It's pretty amazing. You know, I think it really is that, that parents are satisfied with the results. That's my promise because I jokingly say that while parents are hiring me, I'm really working for your children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My promise and my commitment is to your children's thriving. And so, you know, we just hold that as our gold standard and we just help help you get there and parents, sadly a lot of parents feel like oh I need to figure this out on my own I need to get to a certain place I'm too embarrassed to get no 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 no, you bring me the mess you bring me the stress we <laughs> work on it together you don't have to struggle alone
3: yes exactly yeah it's good that they have a safe place to share and even in the group program they can still less lonely and you know it's (laughs) it's always good Uh, but we will put all the links in the show notes so that everyone at home can can have a look and and see the different offers um is there any last advice that you would like to share
2: just really being good to yourself That's the foundation of everything in parenting. How are you showing up for yourself? How are you loving yourself? How are you being with yourself during those most stressful moments of parenting and life? That is the foundation for everything with your children. If you want more patience and more presence with your children, that starts with giving that patience and being emotionally available to yourself. And so really just loving on yourself, being good to yourself and just remembering that stress is always the problem and that you don't have to struggle alone, whether it's reaching out to me, another parenting expert, or just your community talk about your challenges from with people you trust you're not alone in what your parenting challenges are and it really is community that makes the difference we were never meant to parent in isolation it really does Mm -hmm. you know takes that village in the community it takes a village as that as the african proverb says so Mm -hmm. be good to yourselves and seek out the support that you need
3: Mm, i love that and yes it's true it's I think we have different perspectives when we share with others and at least having some ideas for ways to react in different situations, you know, you need to, to be aware of them, to be able to use them if needed. Um, So that's amazing. Thank you for, for sharing this, um, this advice. And is there anyone, whether you know them personally or not that, you think I should speak with so whether because they had an interesting upbringing or fascinating views on education or something like that
2: I really love the work of Dr. Dan Siegel are you familiar with him Julie
3: no I'm not actually
2: yeah I think you would just love his work so he's a Mm -hmm. pioneer in the field of interpersonal neurobiology which is the brain science of human relationships. And I love um, interpersonal neurobiology because it really affirms um, what a lot of spiritual principles teach. And I draw on, um, I also, I have a master's degree in conflict resolution, but I focused on interpersonal neurobiology and really diving into the brain science of human relationships. Now, what I love about Dan Siegel is he is really brilliant but he's also a dad and he co-wrote a parenting book called parenting from the inside out with his children's preschool teacher. So he's just a very, very brilliant pioneer in really the field of parenting, but also just a very um, kind hearted person, a really nice model of what it means to be a dad.
3: Wow. Well, (laughs) I shall check it out because it sounds incredible. We will also put the the link in the description for the book if anyone is interested. Uh, But thank you so much, Megan, for sharing your expertise with us and all the wonderful advice. It has been a pleasure to, to talk to you and I feel very uplifted now. So thank you.
2: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Julie. Julie, thank you for all that you do and for having me on as a guest today.
3: Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. <laughs>